Northwestern Michigan College Driveways. From the Mobile Studio at Northwestern Michigan College and the Department of Extended Educational Services, you're listening to NMC Driveways. Hi, John Plow here. TEDx Traverse City is Wednesday, June 17th. In a typical year, hundreds would gather in Millican Auditorium on the campus of NMC. The 10th TEDx Traverse City the 2020 event will be live streamed with the timely theme of Rethinking Our Health. Today, I get the chance to speak with the lead organizer and curator of TEDx Traverse City, Sarah Harding. We're really glad you're listening. Let's head towards the southern tip of Lake Leelanau to hear about another example of our strong community. Sarah Harding, thanks for being on the show and thanks for having me in your driveway. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. This is so much fun. So the first question I have is how often do people think you are responsible for the farmer's market? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. Often. And I wish I was, but my last name is Harding and it's Sarah Hardy, what the farmer's market is named after. And she was an amazing woman. She started the first Human Rights Commission in Traverse City. And her husband was the mayor, Larry Hardy, who the parking deck is named after. So when anyone asks me, I'm like, I really want to be. Like, because she was so cool. Like, I would love to be aligned with her. But it's not me. If I had never heard of a TED Talk, introduce me to that concept. TED was started back in the 80s. They had the first event in Long Beach, California. And they had it there for many years. And it was designed to bring leadership to a place where they could present their ideas that they were having or that they might be working on. And early on, it was Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and the likes of those type of people in Silicon Valley that they were coming together for this few days event. And it grew and more people heard about it and they wanted to come and it was always designed that you had to deliver your talk in 18 minutes or less. So you didn't get to get on the stage and be up there for 45 minutes or an hour. You had to deliver your idea and it was always based upon ideas were spreading in 18 minutes or less. It grew in popularity and it also became kind of exclusive in the sense that it was expensive to go to and it was targeted towards leaders in larger companies that could afford to spend three days away and the ticket price was like five thousand dollars plus all your expenses on top of that so they decided to design tedx as community events that were free or reduced price that you could have in your community so you could take that same concept of getting everyone together for these talks of sharing an idea we're spreading in 18 minutes or less in your community. So you apply for a license from TED to have it in your community. And we applied 10 years ago 
I'd read an article in Fast Company, and my boss at the time, Paul Sutherland, who's one of the co-founders, was at TED Global, and he would go to TED Global. And I knew Tim Nelson, the other co-founder and former president of NMC, he had gone to like one of the first TEDs in like 1982 in California because he was out there. He was working for a college out there for an institution. So he went to that, and so I knew he had gone, and the requirement for, in Fast Company, about these TEDx licenses is that you had to have been to a TED event. And I hadn't been to one, but my boss had, and I knew Tim had. So I tore the article out of Fast Company, and I scanned it, and I emailed it to Tim. And then when my boss got back from Europe, from TED Global, I gave him a copy, and I'm like, I think we should try and have one of these TEDxes in Traverse City, and both of you guys have been. So... I knew that I needed to get Tim on board so he could help me provide the venue. Tim and Paul and I sat in Tim's office, and Tim was like, yeah, I'm on board. Let's do it. Because he, he even used TED Talks in his meetings with his team and with faculty. So he was a huge, and still is, a huge TED fan. And so is Paul Sutherland. So they were the co-founders, and they gave me the support I needed to try the first year. We're celebrating our 10th year this year. So it's amazing. So TED stands for Technology, Entertainment, and Design. And they came up with that acronym because those were the talks that they tried to have themes around. So theme around technology, theme around entertainment, theme around design. So they came up with TED as the naming convention. Take me back to that first TEDx in Traverse City. We didn't have our own theme that first year. We just went with the overall theme of TED, of ideas we're spreading. And what we wanted to accomplish was bringing the community together for a day, and this is still our mission, to help change people's consciousness. I've grown up here. I'm from here. I left for a brief time. I was lucky enough to be able to come back and work and live here. But I'm not naive in that we live in a bubble in northern Michigan. We don't have a lot of diversity. We're not exposed to a lot of diverse ideas. What we wanted to do and what we constantly strive to do is our speakers that we invite are typically not from Traverse City. We did not want any usual suspects that you normally would hear their ideas or their shtick, right? We wanted new ideas brought into our community that would hopefully change people's consciousness and make them better citizens of our community. And whether that a talk resonated with them that changed something they did at home or at work or in their nonprofit work, it it didn't matter. We just wanted to provide that opportunity and for people to get together and think together and network together. So that's one of the other amazing things about our event is the networking opportunity where you get to see that community come together. And that's one thing that I'm going to miss is seeing that this year, since we'll be live streaming and not having any attendees physically. It's very different for all of us. And to see that energy, like the last nine years when 400 people come in and they're so excited and or see them walk out for break. And we've just had like four amazing talks and they're just either really energized or they're contemplating what they heard or maybe it was emotional. And to see all that happen has been really impactful. And I still have people who come up to me and remind me of talks that they heard and that really changed things for them. 
I'm hoping we can still accomplish that this year through the live stream, but it is going to be different with not having that component of interaction. So talk me through a typical year. What is my experience as an attendee? So if you come live, because we simulcast also to the State Theater, so if you come to the Millican Auditorium, you walk in in the morning, we do registration at, from 8 to 9, and Morrisels does coffee, and everyone is there fighting in line to get their coffee from Morrisels. There's a buzz, because it also brings together people that don't, they maybe don't see each other very often, and they only see each other at TEDx. They get to meet new people and interact with new people. So you see that buzz, and that's always in that atrium of the Denos Museum. Then we start moving everyone in to the theater. We try, you know, at quarter to nine, and we try to have everyone seated. And then we kick off at nine, and it's typically with music and welcome videos, and we try and have high energy and we'll have four speakers that speak. Most of them are 18 minutes. Some, some of them are shorter, which I have always told speakers, if you can get deliver your idea in less than 18 minutes, do it. Don't use 18 minutes just because you have 18 minutes. Always edit and be shorter. The most popular TED Talks on their site are less than 18 minutes. So we'll have four speakers, and then we'll take a networking break and bio break. And we'll have, you know, and everyone will come out into the atrium and into the Dennis Museum and knock on wood every TEDx that we have ever had in May, because we typically have it in May. The day has been beautiful. It's been sunny and gorgeous. And so people trickle out into the parking lot because we're usually around like May 15th, May 17th. And it's like one of those days, you know, in northern Michigan in May where it's finally nice out and everyone's like so excited to be standing outside so they go outside and they talk. We have a huge tent outside for when they need to, you know, take breaks and eat lunch. They'll come back in. We'll do another session with three to four speakers. We typically have musicians that also bring us back in from break. Seth Bernard, Blake Elliott, Levi Britton we've had. We've had young musicians. Last year we had musicians from the high school that came. And then we'll have a, that session and then we'll do lunch and then one final afternoon session. Is typically what happens. What is your favorite part of that day? My favorite part is the relief once we start, because once it starts rolling, you hope that all your planning and execution is going to go well. But there's like that sense of relief when the first thing happens at 9 a.m. But what I get joy from and why I keep wanting to do it every year is seeing the reactions of people, and the impacts of the talks that the speakers give. And seeing our community come together in a really healthy way. What's changed since you started? We've gotten smarter and way more efficient as a team. Organizationally? Yes, yes. Like, we know how to run an event now. We're really good at it. And that took us a good five years, really. And we made a lot of mistakes. We have all the right team members now, too, who are very dedicated. And most of my team has been with me for at least six years. On average, the team has been with me. It's that long. And we're great at execution. So I, I would feel confident taking this team on the road to put on a TEDx somewhere else. But Sarah, all there is is a person on stage. That's all that's happening. So it's just an email. <laughs> what is the other preparation? How do, how do you go from 
idea to finding someone to getting them here to getting them on stage and heard and seen? We get together with our advisory board and also some other local leaders, and we talk about what should our theme be. You know, sometimes it's a, it's a jumping off point of the year before. Last year it was building resilient communities. We wanted to have a little bit more of a health focus this year. Ironically, you know, the timing of it is perfect with the pandemic that's happening. And that's one of the reasons why we didn't want to cancel this year. It would have been easy for us to just cancel But our team got together and we knew we could pull it off in a safe way by live streaming. And we didn't want to give up since our theme is rethinking our health. So and all of our speakers were on board. I mean, they're going to come into an empty auditorium to speak. So your question about what does it take? We create our theme and then we start researching potential speakers and experts. And our advisory board and those centers of influence that I've cultivated relationships with, I reach out to them and I tell them, here's our theme. Here's kind of the topics that we want to try and address within our theme. Do you know anyone that would be good for this, for us? I reach out to past speakers because they're actually great referrals because they know that we put on a great event because our speakers aren't compensated. The TED rule is you can pay their expenses, but you can't pay them. So they have to be willing to come and do this talk for free. We appreciate that. I'm really grateful for that because I also know that all the work they have to do to put in for an 18-minute talk is a lot of work. And I respect that and I try and support them in any way I can and make life easy for them. So we'll go out, we'll find speakers. I reach out to them early on in like my first couple years. Speakers were like, Ted X what? And where? Where are you? And so, you know, Traverse City, Northern Michigan, you know. (laughs) But most of the time when I reach out to anyone now, they know what TED is. So I don't have to preface what TEDx is. You know, they explain we're a community event. And most people know where Traverse City is, too, after all of the accolades that Traverse City has gotten over the last you know, 10 years. So it's not a hard sell anymore. And speakers who we ask, they know the benefit of speaking. For them, a lot of them are driven to do it because they want to share their idea. And we record it and we produce it and we load it up to the TEDx YouTube channel. And then we also give them their footage so that they can use it too. Most of them are very excited to do one. We reach out We convince them to come and talk, and then the work goes into, like, the marketing of the event and the logisticals of the event. This year, logistical-wise, it's a lot easier because we don't have 400 people coming to the Millican Auditorium on June 17th. (laughs) We have 10. (laughs) Well, 12. A lot fewer box lunches, and we won't have to worry about Morsel's coffee. (laughs) So let's say I've been coming to the TEDx conferences in Traverse City since you put them on. And I'm on the fence this year because it's different. This year, our theme of rethinking our health, that is important for us all right now, right? With everything we're going through with the pandemic and what we will continue to go through. Our speakers aren't going to, not all of them are going to focus on that, but they're going to focus on our health as a community and how, how do we 
move forward. So I think the, the information that's going to be delivered is going to be extremely impactful and thought-provoking, especially right now at this time. We also, with our ticket sales, our ticket price is low at 39, and we are donating 50% of the proceeds to the Munson Healthcare COVID Emergency Response Fund. So that's another drive I'm hoping as a kind of a heart, you know, tugger for people to help support us. But the content is going to be delivered in a different way because we'll be live streaming 100%, which we always have live streamed before for people who couldn't come to the event. And that helped out for the school systems because they could play it during school. At the high schools, they always had our event live streamed. And anyone who couldn't physically come, you know, or maybe they could only come for part of the day, they could come online. Our day will be more efficient because we won't have any breaks. And we're asking people to kind of sit watching their computer screen from 9 to noon with us. But we'll also have Seth Bernard, who we recorded last week at Nia Tawana, playing some great music, some very emotional music for right now. So he'll be playing at our our short 10-minute break. But I think most importantly for people to want to tune in are the amazing talks that we're going to have. And I know it's going to give hope for what we have going on right now. And I think we all need some positive hope in our community. What is your relationship to the community of Traverse City? What have you been doing your whole life that makes you want to lead an organization like this and an event like this? Well, growing up here, my parents owned their own companies here in Traverse City. They've always instilled in me to be involved in the community. I would say that a lot of people my age are not as involved in the community as my parents were. Even though they were working and raising a family, they always felt it was really important to be involved in the community. And I've always wanted to figure out how I could actively give my skill set to the community. For me, my skill set is execution of events, of strategies. I can, I can do execution really well. I'm not as, as visionary as like Tim Nelson is or Paul Sutherland or a lot of our other community leaders and our co-founders of TEDx. But I will take an idea and I will execute on that idea and I will bring it to life. And that's what I wanted to give back to the community. And I also wanted the community to have this opportunity to think. I referenced getting out of our bubble and I always felt like I'm fortunate. I picked my parents wisely. They let me live here and grow up here and I grew up in a very safe, supportive community. But I also felt like I needed to get out of my bubble And I needed to learn more, and I needed to be exposed to more. And I felt this was an opportunity to do that, to bring this and share this with the community. Working on TEDx is probably, it is is the best thing that I've ever gotten to do. And I've gotten to do some great things working with Paul for so long, but this is one of the best things. I'm always grateful to be able to work on this project, to work with an amazing team, like Kyle Morrison and Morganberg Byers and Renee Sovis and the team at NMC. And it's been challenging for them because I've kept pushing that <laughs> we were still going to have the event. Also this year, just the hard work that everyone's put in and wanting to continue to have this event regardless of the pandemic. 
when I sat down with all of them and said, I don't feel good about canceling it. Like, it just doesn't feel right to me. Like, what can we do? Everyone wanted to participate and wanted to make it happen on our team. So I'm grateful for that. And every speaker wanted to participate. They did not want to back out. When I knew that, then I knew we could have the event. I knew once I knew the team was supportive and once the speakers said that they really wanted to deliver their message, how could you not have it? What are the things that you're passionate about, Sarah? What do you do? How are you connected to the community other than through TEDx? I am connected through Yen Yoga and Fitness. So I've been the director of Yen Yoga and Fitness for the last 10 years. Ironically, the same time of TED. Looking back at that year, first year of Yen opening and putting on a TEDx, I I'm not sure what I was thinking, but it just happened because <laughs> oh, that was crazy. Yen Yoga is celebrating their 10th anniversary this month as well, and I'm still engaged in helping direct that organization, which is now part of Utopia Foundation, a nonprofit. That's been another passion of mine is creating a third place for people to come to focus on their health and their well-being. So we have, you know, home and work, but we wanted to create that third place I'm passionate about seeing it survive. I'm trying to stand in the future when I plan for them and help them. Hopefully they'll still be here in a year because I don't know. You know, it's hard to say with everything that's been happening and how people will transition to wanting to come and do group exercise. We've employed 70 people before we closed in, in March and averaged 300 clients a day through our doors. So that's been really one of my passions Some other projects that I'm working on right now is how to help redevelop Horizon Books. I'm working on that feasibility study with IFF. What could Horizon Books look like and continue to be a community third place in our downtown and that it not get sold for condos? Roller skate park? Roller skate park inside. You know, there used to be one downtown. I've heard these stories from my family. I used to go roller skating. It was where Echo is. That was a roller skating rink down there. That was a lot of fun. And Skate World, of course. I mean, back in the 80s, if if you were around, Skate World was the best. I want to continue to give back to the community with my skill set. And it's different for everyone, right? People realizing where, where can they add value to the community. And mine is helping with execution and helping with these type of opportunities like TEDx and Yen Yoga. Well, Sarah Harding, this was such a treat to talk to you. I'm so thankful for your leadership and, and the things that you've been a part of. It's it's made Traverse City a really wonderful place to be. Oh, thanks, John. I've, I'm honored that you asked to interview me, truly, that I get to be on your, your show. I'm very honored and grateful for the opportunity. I told Sarah that our podcast has 10,000 listeners every week. So, you know, it's a pretty big deal. Are you new to this world of TED Talks? They have a wonderful YouTube channel with an overwhelming number of fascinating talks, constantly being updated. Are you more of an audio person? There's also a great show on national public radio called The TED Radio Hour. This is The TED Radio Hour. 
Each week, groundbreaking TED Talks. TED Talks. Uh, TED. TED. Technology. Entertainment. Design. Design. Is that really what it stands for? <laughs> I've never known that Delivered it, at TED conferences around the world. It's the gift of the human imagination. We've had to believe in impossible things. The true nature of reality beckons from just beyond. Those talks, those ideas, adapted for radio. From NPR. That show is great. Also available as a podcast and highly recommended by me. Guests on this very podcast, NMC Driveways, have also shared their great ideas on the TEDx Traverse City stage. Based on the pitch that you're about to hear, NMC's own Christy McDonald was invited to give a talk at TEDx Traverse City 2018. In this clip, Christy is standing on stage, and next to her is a smartphone propped up on a stool. It's not you. Really, it's me. I mean, look at you. You're efficient, you're organized, creative, always available, and smart. You see, since we've been together, I've lost myself. I don't even know any phone numbers anymore. I gave away all my cookbooks. I can't read a map. I don't look people in the eye when I'm talking to them, and I'm addicted to emojis. Do you remember when I tried to break up with you because I almost got a divorce? Because every night I took you to bed instead of spending time with my husband? Or how about the time last summer when we were driving down the road and I picked you up and thought, I don't know, maybe I was better than everyone else and I could send a quick text and I did it with my three children in the back of the car. And I looked up and we were in oncoming traffic in the wrong lane. A matter of life and death. I tried to break up with you then. It's just so hard. See, when we met, I knew why you wanted to help me build relationships. But since we've been together, I have hundreds of shallow surface level friendships and my real meaningful relationships have suffered. And I'm modeling this for children and my students. Breaking up with you has been so hard because I'm addicted to you. I'm addicted to the texts and the emails and the notifications bathed in your beautiful glow. Breaking up is hard to do, isn't it? Yeah, and the most ironic thing is this hard breakup is not even a person. It's my phone. And this was really hard for me until I heard some heartbreaking statistics. Did you know that the average American picks their phone up 80 to 110 times a day? That's five to seven hours of a day. That's 60 to 110 hours in a month. And let's stop for a minute. At the end of an 80-year lifetime, that's five to seven years spent looking down at what? This? So if I get to come back on May 16th, I would love to share with you four simple, strategic ways to change your relationship with your phone. Maybe not break up with your phone, but maybe have a more open relationship with it, one that includes human beings. 
See, I've changed my relationship with my phone to be more aware and awake of how I'm using it. And I would love to give you back some of those years of your life in just six short minutes. There are so many people to be around, smiles to see, strangers to meet, directions to give, eye contact to be had, than to sit and stare down at a phone. It's time we power down our phones and power up our presence. Thank you. You can see Christy McDonald's full TED Talk on the YouTube channel, TEDx Talks. We've included a link in the episode notes. This year's event streams live at 9 a.m. on Wednesday, June 17th. Tickets are available at TEDxTraverseCity.com. That's T-E-D-X TraverseCity.com. 50% of proceeds will benefit the COVID-19 fund at Munson Healthcare Foundations. It's an amazing event every year and a great way to celebrate a Wednesday. Our theme music is provided by Sweet Wave Audio. For custom music, visit sweetwaveaudio.co.uk. NMC Driveways is brought to you by NMC Extended Education. Thanks for listening. I'm John Plow from Before. Northwestern Michigan College Driveways.